We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sixth Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Sixth Man Show. Today is June 1st, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always. Joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, how are you? I should be asking you. How are you? You it's it's NBA Finals Final Day. Yeah. The uh Miami Heat and the old Denver Nuggies squaring off. I I can't believe it. I really can't. I, I genuinely I don't know why it caught me off guard, but it did it did catch me off guard that Boston just completely blew that game. It's frauds. Like just I mean, people want to blame like Jason Tatum getting hurt on the first play of the game, and I do think there is something to that. But like, how many times have we seen a guy like roll his ankle, just lace those shoes up a little bit tighter, pull them nice and tight, and get out there? Like end to end, he was fine. Had some issues, obviously moving laterally. But man, Jalen Brown, yeah, there's some real question marks that there. Like if I'm this, if I'm the Celtics, there's no way. I'm paying that guy 45, 55, eventually 60 million. And not only if I'm the Celtics, am I not paying him? I'm not putting the assets together if I'm the Magic that it would take to trade for him and then pay him that amount. Like I'm kind of all the way out on that. I've never seen a player that is so talented just make like awful decision after awful, awful decision, not only in game seven, but game six as well. Yeah. And, you can look at, you know, his field goal attempts, 8 of 23, right? 19 points on 23 shots. Not good. Got to the free throw line, shot only two free throws. One for nine from the three-point line. It's the craziest. Eight turnovers and only five assists. Like, eight turnovers is inexcusable, but you better have nine, 10, 11 assists if you're going to have that many turnovers. I mean, he had way more than anybody else on the team combined. So that anybody else not named Jalen Brown had seven turnovers and he had eight himself. So yeah, we can talk about Tatum, but the the biggest thing to me was absolutely Jalen Brown and his 
lack of ability to show up in that game. And a guy like second all NBA that like legitimately has issues dribbling against any kind of legitimate point of attack defender. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if, if if you're trading for Jalen Brown at this point, I want him as the third option offensively for the Magic behind both Paolo and Franz. And I'm not paying a third option on a potential championship team $55, $60 million a year. I think it's mm-hmm. a little bit different because the Celtics are the only team that can offer him the Supermax. But even $40, $45 million a year, I, I'm, not, I'm not paying a guy with his skill set. We saw Paolo and Franz have issues handling pressure this year, taking like all of the point guard and, and bringing the ball up in those types of responsibilities. But Jalen Brown, like you're supposed to be the second best player on a on a contender and like for real could not put the ball on the floor. That was crazy. But my entire day yesterday talking about Tuesday was ruined because I could not believe that the Celtics did not beat the Heat, and now we have to watch the Heat in an NBA Finals. The silver lining to this is they should be losing in like four to five games to these Nuggets. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean much, I guess, at this point. You're in the playoffs, and the Heat for a majority of the series were like seven, eight-point underdogs against Boston. And going into game one on uh, tonight... Denver is favored by nine well, as we record this at 9 p.m. Wednesday, May 31st. But yeah, I, listen, the other thing that is the playoffs has made me start to think more about because obviously we're going to be associating with the mad, the magic with the playoffs moving forward because we're going to be in the playoffs next year is looking at the players that fold in the postseason, Jalen Brown. And I mean, like you said, most of those, not even a passing turnover. Like he just was trying to dribble to his left. So has made me kind of evaluate like and really want to see our guys in the postseason so that you get to because I think that the conversation begins and there's more to it, more volume, more sample size when you're talking about Jalen Brown. If you look at his regular seasons, you'd be like, oh, yeah, like absolutely, you know, kind of you'd be a lot higher on Jalen Brown. But you get to see him in the spotlight on national stage, and this is what you get, right? And all of a sudden, the value kind of crumbles. So I'm very interested to see, and it's made me think, like, which Magic players are going to be the ones that rise to the top? And are there going to, because there's going to be, but which players are going to kind of, you know, shrink when the lights are on? It's going to be very interesting to see what what happens come the postseason and how a postseason run or appearance can kind of shift the the vision and the perspective on a certain player too who do you have i mean i know who you have winning the finals but is it four games is it five games what does it look like for you it's four i i think it's four i mean listen denver against la looked locked in and la didn't play particularly bad the heat can't have any bad shooting performances in my opinion against denver Denver's going to snuff it out. They're going to win the game handily. I just think we'll get, I'm hoping that we get some close games, but at the same time, I'm not getting fooled by the last, you know, few rounds where I thought the heat were going to definitely lose. I'm putting my foot down. The heat are definitely losing to the Denver Nuggets. And I'm going to say that it's in four. I, I just think the magic of it all. And I hate to use the word magic in that ends here. 
I just, I, I really can't see it happening, even though I couldn't see it happening before. So maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe the Heat win this series. Maybe we're just haters. But numbers are on our side. So the the Nuggets are basically going to be coming off of like 10 days rest, which can always kind of go one of two ways. You can either be like incredibly rested and look great or be really rusty. Like that's probably gone by like the first half. But I do think there's the potential for that. The Heat, on the other hand, have to be like absolutely dead after that series with the Celtics because you go up 3-0, like I don't care what, like the record is you still go into it like, all right, we need to win this game. And then you don't. And then you're like, all right, it's game five. We've got to close it out. It's game six. All right, we can't go back to to Boston for game seven. We've got to close it out. And then they just destroy them. But the other question that I have is like, the Caleb Martin stuff has to end at some point, right? Like he he's such an outlier in that last round. Like I can't see that continuing another yeah. round against the Celtics. I, I'm sorry, against the Nuggets, not the Celtics. I'm still thinking about the Celtics and how they, they just completely let the nation down and letting the Miami Heat get to the finals. But like the Caleb Martin stuff has to chill at some point, doesn't it? You would think, and I don't know if it's matchup. I don't know what it is. I don't know if Caleb Martin is just that guy with the lights on him. Maybe. Maybe this is the other beautiful thing about the postseason. You find, you know, people rise to the occasion and they earn some, like this, he's just building his stock. Like this guy is going to have his next contract really could all point to this postseason run that he, he, you know, in the series he had against Boston. But yeah, you got to think, was it a matchup thing? Was it, you know, what was it? Or is Denver's game plan going like, he's not going to hide now, right? You got, Oh, Michael Malone and his team sitting over there with 10 days rest, writing down notes the whole time about Caleb Martin. What's he doing? What are his tendencies like? Maybe not just in the regular season. What's his tendencies like in the postseason? What's he doing well? What's he capitalizing on? You got a lot of time to study Caleb Martin. I don't want to say he's going to be a non-factor in the finals because he absolutely was one against Boston. But I think Michael Malone is a far better coach than Missoula. So I think the adjustments are going to be made. I don't think Caleb Martin's going to be the same player he was against Boston. And uh Denver, Denver and four. So help us God. Go Nuggets. All right, we've got a fun episode planned today. We had Richard Stamen of Mavs slash Magic Draft. If you're on Twitter, you've probably seen him before. Uh, but we talked about the NBA draft as we continue to get closer to the NBA draft. Um what are we now? Just about uh, one, two, three weeks out Like from today will be the NBA draft. So we're obviously looking forward to that. If you haven't heard, the Orlando Magic are having their draft party at Amway that night, June 22nd. It is a Thursday. Doors open at 630. It's free to attend, but you do have to reserve your tickets. So be sure to go to OrlandoMagic.com to do so. And in some other Orlando Magic news, our boy Paolo Bancaro has been named one of four rookie correspondents for the NBA Finals. So Paolo Bancaro, Jalen Williams, Walker Kessler, and Ben Matherin are all going to be NBA Finals media correspondents throughout the 2023 Finals. You can follow along on the NBA app and NBA social media to see their coverage from the ground. 
guess they're just going to be uh, acting as members of the media for the NBA for uh, the next four games, you know, as the Miami Heat gets swept by the Nuggets. Yeah, I, I think that the really the only thing I I feel like they do this more at like the Super Bowl. Maybe they've been doing correspondence a lot in the past. With the NBA it could be just mixing things up. Um, isn't uh, what's his name? Uh, Guillermo from uh, one of the late night the shows, Jimmy Kimmel show. Yeah, Guillermo is always, or at least used to be, always part of like a media a member and correspondent there for the NBA Finals. Maybe he'll sneak in there. That guy makes me laugh. Maybe we see Hasbula so at the NBA Finals. I love Hasbula. They bring him in. They bring him in. Bring in Hasbula and uh, Guillermo and Apollo. Just a, a nice little collab there. It'd be something. I love that. That would be something. All right. Before we get to our conversation with Richard Stamen, let's go ahead and shout out our wonderful patrons, uh, the folks that help financially support the show and make everything possible here at the Six Man Show. We do have a brand new patron with one of the the coolest names that I've ever seen, Alistair McKenzie, uh, joined our rookie tier. Really appreciate your support, Alistair. And we shout out our brand new patrons every episode that we have them. And we shout out our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons on every single episode, which I will go ahead and start now with the Court Cousins. Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch, Dave Paolo, and Franz's Warmth. Pierre A, Nostalgia and M&M's, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior, Baruz, Half Freakin, Shahin 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo, Ban Himro, RM, Prov, 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spank Too Hard, Soft Taco, Jesse, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Phantom Wolf 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Austin Opal, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, and Fritz. Again, thank you to our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons and all of our patrons. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Now, Luke, let's get into the interview with Richard Stamen. Okay, Magic fans, you are all in for a treat as we are joined by a very special guest, we're joined by Richard Stamen from Mavs slash Magic Draft. Probably follow him on Twitter. If you don't, you need to. Uh, an expert, in my opinion, on all things NBA draft. I mean, it's in the, the Twitter name, for goodness sake. So, Rich, what's going on, man? How are you? And thanks for joining the show. Hey, it's great to be on here. Uh, I know we were talking off air. It's been a been a minute. We've known each other, interacted a bunch. I think we've even DM'd and everything, but never talked like face-to-face like this so i'm really excited to talk draft with y'all and and rich just let us know he was uh doing a little hooping before uh before we recorded and you're in you're near dallas right yep and was uh playing pickup with none other than our fazan amer yeah and fazan uh, is is kind of nice it sounds like he he has climbed up my board. He's considered now for the eleventh pick, so I can give a full scouting oh, report. He's gonna love this. He's giving Kobe Buffkin a run for his money. Let's hear. It. I want to hear the Fazan uh, scouting report. Let's hear that. Yeah. So he he uh, he walked in. He was a little bit behind me. I got to warming up first. For for context, I am just a shooter. So anytime I see anybody put the ball on the floor, I'm impressed. But like he he had one play where he like and I'll, I guess I'll get to the scouting report. He's a slasher, rebounder, defender. He loves it. Uh, I'd, I'd say I'm a better shooter, but that's just probably confident speaking. He's a good shooter too. But he had one play where it was a loose ball. He gets it, picks it up, gets one guy missing. He goes behind the back, gets the second guy, does a spin and gets the third and puts it up. It was so nasty. And it was, it was through three pretty, like the competition was good. It wasn't like we were playing kids or something. So he <laughs> right. was, he can play, he can hoop. Right, He's going to love go. this segment. He's going to, he'll be texting us by 8 a.m. Guaranteed. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about the draft. So as we talked off air, we kind of want to get into some prospects with you that we haven't really had the ability or the opportunity to talk about on the pod just yet. But before that, I want to ask you, like, how do you think the Magic should be approaching this draft specifically? Yeah, uh, it's it's a hard question because I feel like no team in the lottery has a harder upside like really just evaluation, right, with their roster than Orlando because they have a former number one pick. They've been kind of rebuilding this is year two and a half, kind of, because 21 doesn't really count, but they still got like an absolute lottery ticket that night uh, on draft night. So they're in this weird position. They have most of their stuff, but they really need to find like some key role players. But at the same time, they probably need to consolidate the roster. So they're in a weird conundrum. I think ultimately they should pick at one of six or 11 and I'm going to be honest, I would trade out of six entirely, 
maybe you can move back, but to save roster space and maybe get some more assets to trade for somebody, I would move out of six entirely and be happy at 11. I'm more comfortable in knowing I would get a, a surefire NBA player that's going to it's got the floor ceiling combination almost better than at, at 11 than at six, because there's just, to me, there's too much boomer bust at, at, at six. That's interesting. Uh, that's the, the, so we've been hearing a lot, you know, in what I have definitely been saying is I don't want to, I don't want to keep both. I want to, you know, get rid of one solely for really my reasoning different than yours. My reasoning um, well, you said consolidate, which is kind of the same reasoning. But as far as like the boomer bust, I really hadn't thought about where the boomer bust prospects lie more. And so that's super interesting to hear, you know, trade out of six. What do you think six could hold value of? We're talking about who is there and who we hear all the time between, you know, one, you know, uh, Osar Thompson, Taylor Hendricks, Jairus Walker. Like what kind of value do you think six holds and could maybe get this team asset wise? Yeah, I think just in general, you could, if you moved out of six entirely, I mean, the Magic already have two picks in 2025, which looks really strong. 2024 does not. So I would prefer not to have those picks, but it's easier to get year after year, just keep moving back one and go, hey, we want 2025 because other teams know this, right? Like it's easier. And also it handicaps teams more to trade deeper in the future. So I think for me, it's, you get a couple future picks, uh, maybe a player in there too, but I mean, Several future picks. Obviously, the Magic don't value second round picks. Like, I'd be shocked if they pick at 36. Uh, honestly, in the second round entirely. Like, I can count on one hand how many Magic pick- players have been picked in the second round since this front office took over in, I think, 2017. And I, I think you would have to just be able to, like, Oklahoma City, right? They're the perfect example. They could probably keep 12 and just, they have four, I think, 2024 first round picks. You could probably just take those and call it a day. What, prospects do you think are in that range that you would label sort of boom or bust yeah i think uh for starters i mean cam whitmore really fits that bill i think he's got a lot of red flags on him that worries me um i would also say the thompson twins i mean they're textbook boomer bust i think asar has a little bit more floor in that he's just an elite defender but i don't see the upside there that much i I don't think he's like a primary guard i don't think he puts enough pressure on the rim that's what worries me. And if you're not taking those, yeah, Taylor Hendricks and Jairus Walker are good ceiling raisers, but they're not, I just, I don't know if they're going to be like, I have them as my sixth, fifth and sixth best players, but they're not like your average fifth or sixth. Like I, I think the 11th best player is a lot stronger of an 11th, like compared to the average 11th best player than the average sixth, if that makes sense. So that leads into kind of one of the questions I want to ask you, Rich, which is your outlook on this draft as a whole. Like, do you, do you see this as, not a strong draft class or what's your opinion on the on the draft class i go back and forth i think the top four is really good i think you have four franchise changing really three and a half i think brandon roll could be like a brandon miller excuse me could be a role-playing like game changer like he's not your average role player but he is somebody that's going to change the game on the wings so i think those top four are pretty much like if you got them the outlook of your franchise is drastically changing so for me i think the top four is good and then it goes to Five to 11, I have just like in this very mediocre tier compared to their position. And then after that, like 12 to really the rest of the draft, I think it's pretty good. So there's like a little bit of that area where I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to be, it's so much risk is what scares me. That's really how I see it is there's a little gap, but for the most part, it's a strong class. 
Yeah, so gap there like 5 through 11, but you feel like the rest of the lottery and maybe even like the first round there is much stronger than like a typical draft would be. Yes, exactly. So your Mavs slash Magic draft, and the Mavs hold that pick at 10 right now. We're talking about the Magic potentially trading out of 6. Obviously, what the Magic are able to do at 11 is really going to depend on what the Mavs do or do not do at 10. What is your current feeling on the Mavs keeping that pick? Do they trade it? And if they do keep it, what prospects do you think they may be looking to take at 10? Yeah, they're, in my opinion, if they don't get Jairus Walker or Taylor Hendricks, I think they're trading out. Like those are their probably dream guys. Uh, so I'd be shocked if it's if they keep the pick in general, honestly, even if one of them's there, they're in a position where they're so asset deprived. I mean, they're probably bottom 10 and I mean, definitely bottom 10 in terms of future assets owned. They have, I think one second round pick to trade and they can only trade kind of, I think one first round pick because of the weird protections and stuff on the pick that how they have number 10. So for me, I think they've got to move out. I, I think there's a very, very slim chance they keep the pick again, unless it's like they're in love with Taylor Hendricks or Jairus Walker. I just I can't see it. There's a there's an episode recently. Um, you know, you're you are one of the co-hosts, right, of Locked On NBA Big Board, and you had an episode where you were talking a little bit about a little bit about Kobe Bufkin. As far as Kobe Bufkin goes, I I feel like you might be higher on him than than some others would say, right? I mean, in your latest your mock draft that you have on your website, MavsDraft.com. You do have Kobe Bufkin going 10th to Dallas. Um, but just a little bit about Kobe Bufkin, why you're maybe higher on him than others. Yeah, so he's a sophomore that is still 19 years old. He is 6'5". He has an ideal frame for a combo guard, 6'5", 6'8", wingspan. He needs to add some strength, sure, but there's really no notable flaws. He's kind of a point guard. He played for the first time in his life point guard full-time. I mean, even in high school, he was kind of a shooting guard didn't have much point guard responsibilities and he looked pretty good at it like you would not if you hadn't been told that it was his first time ever for a full season running point guard you'd think like okay he's like an okay point guard but like when you contextualize it there's a lot to like there the shooting is legit I mean the free throw percentage is strong at 85 percent 35 and a half percent from three so like those two numbers go hand in hand he finishes well at the rim so three level score good motor his defense is really strong he has great timing and anticipation Again, his motor helps him a lot on both ends. He can be a rebounder. So for me, there's really nothing wrong that he does. Like the point guard skills will need to take a jump to really translate, but his floor is insanely high. And honestly, when you're that young and you have that many abilities, I think he's got really hidden upside as well. Going back to the Magic, you know, currently owning picks 6 and 11, two scenarios for you. The Magic keeps 6 and 11, or they get rid of 6, they keep 11. In those scenarios, who do you like for the Magic at 6 and 11 if they keep both of those picks? And then who do you like for the Magic at 11 if they move on from 6? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think 11 is going to be the same answer. But for me, my dream draft is they just they get shooting, right? And hopefully guys that have more upside than just shooting. So I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to say just Grady Dick. Although for everyone, I know there's a lot of people who are torn on him because right now he is kind of just a shooter. But it is important to know he's got a great feel for the game and these high IQ, like just really intelligent on the floor, great fundamentals. Those kind of shooters at his size, they don't fail. So like he's going to stick. 
My issue is, is I just want someone with more upside. So at six, I would take Taylor Hendricks. You get the shooting and the defense, even more versatility in the front court. And then at 11, you take Jordan Hawkins. Jordan Hawkins has a lot of hidden defensive upside. I think as he gets stronger, he's going to be very good defensively. So for me, I think they're, you get two two-way shooters. Like, what's there not to like? Now, as far as you actually tweeted out something today, Rich, and it was essentially the report was Jed Howard going to be working out for the Orlando Magic on Saturday as part of a pre-draft workout. In talking about this, I find it interesting, right? Uh, on one hand, he's a Michigan guy. We know how that goes, right? And on another hand, you've got him at as low as 30, right, in your mock draft. So for Jet, what what do you think? Do you, do you think that the Magic might just be obviously doing their due diligence, but the Magic pick at 36? So is there a chance that they are maybe gunning for Jet Howard eventually if he shows enough in this workout, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think for sure they're bringing in every first-round prospect, right? That's not like Victor Wembanyama and Scoot probably. But even then they might because they might trade up for all we know. So part of it is due diligence. I know for a fact I, I wasn't allowed to say who else was in it um, because the Magic are very tight-lipped. But I do know that they brought in a – this guy's not like a high-profile player, but they brought in a defensive specialist to go against him. So I do think it could be something where – Hey, we like what we see. The reason I had him 30 actually was the intel just isn't that strong. Like there's a lot of stuff he played for his dad, accountability, shot selection, lack of defense. There's a lot not to like there. But when you're the magic, you need shooting. You can probably forgive it. And to me, I'll I'll just speak kind of my opinion on it. I wouldn't take him. We saw what happened with Caleb Houston. I think he struggled a lot when his shot wasn't falling. And I think the exact same thing would happen with Jet Howard. The difference is Jet can hit tougher shots. He can do handoff just right into it. but for me, I think that's where I'm at is I think they're doing it for due diligence. I prefer someone else, but if they like him, I'd, I'd trust what they see. Who are some of the the prospects in this draft that you feel like are, are maybe going a bit under the radar that m- maybe not as high as 11, but could go like in the, the later part of the lottery? Uh, Jalen Hood Shafino that uh, well, actually not anymore. ESPN just mocked him to nine out of out of absolutely nowhere. So he was my answer, and now I have to really <laughs> rework that one. I'd say if everyone's healthy, Dariq Whitehead could really sneak up there. He's somebody who I have a lottery grade on. The foot injury is kind of concerning. It's not my job to study and do that. Or, you know, that's every NBA team's job. I'm just guessing. But if he's healthy, I mean, he's the top 15 prospect easily in this class. I'd love him. Uh, if you can trade back to like 20-something, I think he'd be great. But Maybe Leonard Miller, he kind of fits what the Magic look for. If they don't go forward at six or they just punt the pick entirely, Leonard Miller could be somebody they target. Like he may not shoot ever, but it hasn't stopped them from drafting forwards with his abilities in the past. Another topic that Jonathan and I have talked about, we talked about it as recent as our last episode, is the fact that the Magic could benefit from getting a backup big. A guy, whether that, you know, kind of Jonathan's point was moving on from a Mo Wagner or not moving on, but moving him to the third, right? The third option right there at center. So the guy that I inevitably want to ask you about, because we haven't really talked much about him at all, is uh, is Lively. What do you think about Lively as a big and just, you know, all-encompassing and his fit maybe on this Magic roster, if that came to it at eleven. Yeah, I, I liked Lively a ton in the preseason. He was somebody who I had 
as my number three player behind Scoot and Wembenyama preseason. It's not the case anymore, so I want to preface that with this. But I think my issue is how often, like, if it, you have to be patient with him. Can the Magic be patient with him? They're trying to make the playoffs next year. So maybe, like, if you're Detroit, you can be patient with him. They have a lot of leeway. They're not going to be in the playoffs next year. They might try and do what the Magic did this year, but they can afford a one-year kind of learning curve. Can the Magic do that? Hard to say. At the end of the day, like, he was good in college, but he averaged five points a game, five and a half rebounds a game, two and a half blocks, which is good. But if you're doing that in college, you're not going to be able to score much in the NBA. So for me, I think the defense is good. Some of that stuff was exaggerated at Duke where they let him camp out in the paint a lot more. A big thing people miss with centers is in college, there's no such thing as defensive three in the key. You can sit there at the entire 30 seconds, no penalty. In the NBA, obviously three seconds max in theory, depending on who you are. But uh, I think for Lively, it's going to be how quick can he adjust to the NBA tempo. He's got some upside outside of the rim, but I think his floor is probably just a two-way interior presence, right? Where he's dunking everything and he's blocking a lot of shots, deterring shots at the rim. So in theory, he could be a backup big. I don't know what the true upside is and how attainable it is. He's really hard to evaluate in that regard. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kind of shifting away from the draft a little bit. Your Mavs slash Magic draft. Can you just talk a little bit for our listeners about how that came to be? Well, so when I was five years old, or let's rewind. I was born in Orlando, and then when I was five years old, uh, I moved to to Dallas. And mind you, my first life memory was a game in, I think, early 1999 or late 1998 of Penny Hardaway and the Magic. And I, I remember parts of it. I could not tell you what happened in the game, but I have been able to like, put two and two together, find the game. So I was a Magic fan first, for what it's worth. And I moved to Dallas and being the indecisive person I am, my parents jokingly asked me, like, so who are you going to be a fan of? Who do you want to win? Like if they play? And I was like, both. And I just completely adopted that mentality for my entire life. So I, it's been a blessing and a curse. I got to see Dirk and Dwight Howard, excuse me, um, 
overlap their careers and their peaks parts of it. Um, that was fun. The, God, the 2000s scared me, man. I thought that they were going to play in the finals, and I don't know what I would have done. So that's that's a little bit of the backstory there. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, Mavs Magic Finals. You have to pick no. one. No. <laughs> okay. I refuse. Right. I refuse. <laughs> so you you don't have a... You, you're very passionate, obviously, about both teams. But you said you refuse. But listen, <laughs> when the Magic and the Mavs play in a regular season game... Are you just cheering the whole time? Are you like regretting the whole time? Like, what are your emotions like during a game? You know, the best one I can uh, show as an example was I was at Jonathan Isaac's game where he should have had a five by five in Dallas, but they counted a steal as like a they they gave it to somebody else as then it was yet four steals, and I was pissed. That was all I cared about. So I get caught up like in the individual stuff more, and then at the end I'm like, oh, they they won or they lost. So that's kind of where I am. I, I go like more individual and yeah, I am cheering the whole way. Like that's really, if I'm at the game, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, unless it's like something atrocious. Like, like when Mo Wagner and Luca got into it, I've, I was very much like, uh, like just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like This is really like watching your kids fight. Yeah. So it, the individual performance is kind of where I wanted to go next. What are some of your like personal magic agendas? Like what are some things about the magic that you deeply hold to be true and will fight for? Uh, first of all, Dwight Howard should have been MVP in 2011. Um, um, yeah, yeah. That was an obvious one. There's, I know I'm absolutely missing one. I, I will never forgive Courtney Lee, even though he was good with the Mavs. Uh, that, one's, that one's on my bucket. That one's not on my bucket. That's on my just forever. I will go to the grave remembering that game. And then... <laughs> And then also speaking of that finals, when Jameer Nelson came in after the injury, Rafer Alston was doing so well. Like that is like for this, actually it's really relevant to this year. I think when Tyler Hero is coming back, mind you, a lot of people are like, I think hearing that and be like, you're not comparing those two, but Jameer Nelson was an all-star. So like granted one of the weakest all-stars ever, but still an all-star. I, I do think stuff like that. I, I actually been talking about that all week. Because of like, I feel like there's actually some similarity if Tyler Hero comes back. So those are like three of the big ones. I was raised on. I'm not even going to say it, or I didn't want to say it, but I'm going to do it. Nick Anderson, my dad. That was the first basketball name I think I can truly remember <laughs> because for years he would just talk about how awful that was. <laughs> so it's uh, that's and then like when I watch the Braves, right? They got a pitcher, Nick Anderson. It's just triggering. <laughs> we're we're trying to do our best to to change the narrative around Nick Anderson from just being those four free throws because. He was so much more of a player than that. And he really was, you could argue, is never the same after that. And for goodness sake, he's the franchise leader in games played. Like, we need to give Nick Anderson a little bit more respect than that. It's not maybe his fault that they lost game one. It is not his fault that they were completely swept. Yeah, dude, it's, it's just an all time thing where I have buddies that, that they've always messed with me for being a Magic fan. And, just my whole life, man. That's all I've heard is Nick Anderson, <laughs> Nick Anderson. And like, it's horrible. So I have a question about the, just the future outlook of this team, Rich, and what you, what you're really, your stance is on a certain topic, which is the young core of this team. Who do you say and classify as the young core and guys that you would really struggle to part ways with uh, as a magic fan? Really? Well, Cole Anthony was my guy in 2020, so I feel like he has to be on that. Also, though, like Cole Anthony has very much made real improvements to be somebody who, at a minimum, could be a six man of the year candidate. I mean, 
all the shooting numbers. I actually just tweeted it out earlier this this week. His catch and shoot numbers were a career high, and it was very good. It wasn't just like it was, oh, he finally hit average. He was like legitimately good. He was efficient this year. He can hit off the dribble shots. Like there's a lot to like. There's so much hidden upside, I think, with him playing next to Paolo, especially as more guys start hitting threes. I like Wendell. Um, really, I like basically the top four guys, three guys plus uh, plus Cole Anthony are my guys. I, I love Paolo, Franz, and Wendell. I, I don't want to part with them. If the right price came for Wendell, I think I would do it. And really from anyone down, I would probably do the same. I will say with Jalen Suggs, a lot of people are obviously quicker to dismiss him because inefficiency, whatever. But I really feel like when you look at these title teams, and obviously we just saw Boston back-to-back years I mean, make the finals and conference finals. Marcus Smart is a huge reason of that. I don't see any reason why Jalen Suggs can't be that. Like Marcus Smart had a little bit better start of his career. He's also older. But I think that's really the path he's coming into. A kind of a point guard. He plays combo guard. He's not a true point guard. Lights out defender. Inefficient, or not inefficient, just streaky shooter that eventually grows into some consistency. I think that's somebody who could really be a title-raising piece for your team. Like You need that guy. I think if he didn't make such an improvement in the three-point shooting from last year to this year, I would feel a little bit differently. But how can you look at a guy who makes a 10% improvement in one year and be like, oh, that guy can never be a, a, a consistent shooter? Yeah. And I don't think that, like, for the record, I don't think he's one of those guys that'll never be it. Because, like, the free throw percentage, back to, I mean, granted, it's not as high as you'd want. But even in college, like, it was fine. And I just... I think it's a win, not if for him. The game still hasn't slowed down. Hitting practice threes is a lot different than hitting in-game threes in the flow of a, a very fast game. It just takes longer for some guys. I, I think I'm a little bit lower on his upside, but I mean, Marcus Smart upside is really good. That's still a top 10 player from the draft. What's your prediction for the Magic next season? I'm glad you asked. Nobody, nobody has asked me this, and I've been dying to get this take off my chest. All right, I think they're not even in the play, and I think they're a six seed. Like, I think they're that good. I, you don't make the jump they made. They're, I really think they're going to consolidate. This is obviously before any changes and expecting change. I think they could get somebody really good with the assets they have, the players, the picks, anything. I think they can do a lot of damage. They have some of the best, like most uh, positive players of uh, young players in the league on rookie contracts. Like they've got so much. They're ahead of an average team in their stage. They're much more ahead of that like route, I guess, than your average team. And I, I just, I'm big on it. I think they're going to take advantage of injuries as long as they stay healthy. I think a lot's going to come together this year. Last thing that we'll ask you, and we'll kind of steer this back towards the draft before we wrap everything up here. You were at the Combine this year. For for people that have never been to the Combine, obviously we know there's measurements, there's drills that they go through, but just speak a little bit to like the experience that the players go through and then if there's any you know prospects that really stood out to you at the Combine. Yeah, so generally what it's like for them is they start, they get in there the Monday. Um, they they do their measurements, they do their testing, all that. Not everyone does. Uh all the clutch guys did nothing. They just, they showed up and said hi and they interviewed a little bit. That was it. Uh, same with the Tom, actually the Thompson twins measured, but a lot of them don't do all of it. Testing, measurement and everything in interviews. Most of them do two of three or one of three, especially the top guys. Most of the second round guys are the ones doing that. That changes next year though, where everyone, if you're there, you've got to do like the whole nine yards. For me, I think one thing a lot of people don't value of the combine, it's not just what you see on TV. There are so many, like this is the first time since 
the all-star break where all the GMs are in one area. I mean, I saw every GM at some point uh, all throughout the weekend. I saw owners. I mean, I saw Steve Ballmer was right next to me. Like there's a lot of power in that building. All the coaches are there. So there's a lot going on. That's why things change when you start seeing these narrative change, like ESPN put out their mock, like it's real. They're talking to these people and they're getting the change because people are coming together. They're in the same room for the same time. They're starting to see these players for the first time. So a lot changes. As for standouts, I really liked Brandon Pajemski, Pajemski, excuse me, out of Santa Clara, sophomore, might as well be treated as a, a freshman because he didn't get to get a fair chance at Illinois. I also really like if the Magic were, and I actually think this guy's going to get drafted, but if the Magic were to get a shooter as an undrafted free agent, Seth Lundy is that guy. Like he's a 6'5", consistent shooter, hard worker, very good leader at Penn State. Um, and one last one, this is the guy I think who helped his stock the most, is Olivier Maxson's prosper out of Marquette. He had been a, inching towards a better shooter year by year, but this combine and everything since, he's just been killing his workouts like in terms of jump shooting. He's looked like a very legitimately improved shooter. So he's somebody who might have gotten himself first round, which in turn bumps guys who have been traditionally at that back end of the first round, early second, into the Magic's 36 range. Rich, we really appreciate you taking the time in and talking some Orlando Magic with us, and more importantly, this time of year, the draft. Let all the, the listeners and viewers know where they can find your work. Yeah, pretty much anything on at Draft on Twitter. I post everything I do. I'm also growing my Instagram NBA draft film. Uh, I'm able to go into more depth there because character limits and stuff. So uh, those are the two spots. Anything on my site as well, scouting reports of every top 100 prospect, uh, mock drafts, community mocks, things like that. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate your time. And more importantly, we uh, appreciate and, and look forward to your emotional crisis when the Magic play the Mavs in the finals. Man, 2025 is going to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Let, let's go, Magic. All right, man. Thanks so much for joining the show. Another thank you to our buddy Richard Stamen. Again, you can follow him on Twitter, Mavs slash Magic Draft. Always good talking to him, Luke. And it's good to get different perspectives on these prospects like you talked about it with our interview with keandre like your opinion of these players is all always like the last video that you watch and i find that being the case like my opinion is like the last conversation that we had so really insightful stuff from rich and i'm just ready for the draft man yeah it'll be good and i do feel like the one thing that's tricky about those conversations with people who are draft experts really for lack of better term is you get into a mode of, okay, I need to ask all of my questions. I need to ask them all. He's going to answer something, and I'm just going to go right into my next question. It's very hard to be conversational in those type of you know, appearances, podcast appearances, because it, you just want to know everything. And it, you just want to absorb everything you can and hear what they have to say. You're going to take it as gospel nine times out of ten. Because like you said, it's the last conversation. It's the last piece of content that you see or read. That's what you're going to do. So, you know, we'll see what it, how it shakes out and what our opinions are closer to the draft. But really great that, you know, Rich came on. We were able to make it happen. And uh, just so much knowledge. Just I, I like I don't know what he had in front of him, but I imagine it wasn't a ton. Maybe just names because he was obviously breaking down like this is what he does. This is what he lives for. He loves the draft. So I'm sure it's exciting for him, you know, with the Magic having 6 and 11, the Mavs having 10. 
just really good to have him on hear his perspective on things like i said just the knowledge is pouring out the whole episode so hope you guys had a good listen on that took some notes in your notes app i know this time of year i've got my notes app flowing i got so much stuff that i'm just like typing i'm pausing podcasts left and right just typing things of what they're saying things that i can kind of tuck away and uh and help mold my opinion where are you right now at six at six i i think i'm i think i'm taylor Hendricks still which is where i've kind of been um i don't know i i just i I like taylor Hendricks. it was interesting though right like the the perspective rich offered which was like that six spot area to him is the boomer bust and the 11 is safer um, and able to, you know, just pick guys that pair, right? You don't have to worry about a star in that instance at all. What hitting a home run necessarily just picking guys that fit. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, but that being said, I'm Hendrix at six and I would love Grady at 11. If it happens, if it doesn't happen, because I, I, I'm starting to feel more, less confident that Grady's there at 11. Jordan Hawkins. I'm I'm like laser focused on Jordan Hawkins at 11. Yeah. At six, I, I kind of want to trade back to like seven or eight and just get an additional asset and not feel like I'm reaching for a guy. But just like, just give me Grady Dick and Jordan Hawkins. Yeah. Figure, yeah, figure it, everything else out after the fact. I feel like, was there reports today about the Mavs not wanting Grady Dick or... Yeah, not likely to take Dick at 11, I th- or at 10. I think that was either Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't remember when that was, but I, I saw that also. Um, Yeah, I. so after that, I'm thinking whoever trades into the 10 spot is going to be the team that takes Grady Dick, right? Yeah. So I don't think he'll be there at 11. Maybe the Magic trade from 6 to 10 and they go 10 and 11. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. That would be very interesting. There's a lot of options. Magic got a lot of flexibility. I'm not sure what's going to happen. We're, we're we're past the point. Like I know what I like about all of these guys. I'm more so getting to the point now, like, all right, what are the question marks with each guy? Yeah. Who has more question marks? And am I willing to look past that and possibly be patient? Like Taylor Hendricks... Looks great. Like the offensive upside, I don't really think is is really there. There's questions about like if it's if he's not dunking, like does he have like the soft touch to finish around the rim? The shooting is there, and like the positional versatility is there defensively, but he's gonna have to put on some weight if he's gonna be like your small ball five or like a backup five for you. So me is like, how much time are we willing to wait? for that to happen or if we're talking about one of the thompson twins or we're talking about cam is the guy we we had this conversation with rich and you know to him he's like the biggest boomer bust guy out of the group to me i don't necessarily see that like if if cam is the pick at six i'm like all right like i'm i'm good with that there's a lot that i like about cam i i know there are question marks but some of the other guys there I, i i'm just not sure about like I guess Jarris is another guy that I'm good with at, at six, but at the end of the day, I'm like, let's just get the guys that are going to be able to give Paolo and Franz what they need. 
And I think Grady and Jordan Hawkins do that with their shooting. So even if it's a little bit of a reach at six, if you're confident that Grady is going to give the magic like the most from day one and is going to help Paolo and Franz eventually be the best versions of themselves, I'm kind of good with reaching at six. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've said it multiple times, but it is very refreshing to not have to worry about hitting that home run. We can just complimentary piece, complimentary piece after complimentary piece. That's all you need. And if they turn out to be better than just a great contributor, then you, you know, cherry on top. But for me, just get the guys a compliment. And I really think shooting is going to help their games immensely. The Magic's game immensely. Having Paolo and Franz, is he giving the ability to drive and kick? Right now, you just can't really do that as much as you would like to from, you know, first guy on the roster to the last. So just building the shooters around these guys, I'm, I, I really just, that's all I want. I just want shooters. Just build it, and Paolo and Franz will get the rest done. I don't know if you've seen this TikTok, but I saw it yesterday. It starts like this old woman as like her head like kind of turned, and they're in the bathroom, and You've they're talking about the like pouring references. pouring peroxide into oh, like the ear. Oh, yeah. So pours peroxide in the and the spider comes out. Like yeah. new fear unlocked. Like I didn't think that For was something sure. that I had to worry about before. I have a new fear that has been unlocked, and it's like. Grady Dick goes seven because the magic takes somebody else at six and then Jordan Hawkins goes 10th and the magic finished the draft without either Grady Dick and Jordan Hawkins. I don't think like that is to me and and we do this every year. We did it with freaking Jabari Smith and we were wrong last year, but every year I get like super attached to one or two prospects this year. It's Grady Dick. It's Jordan Hawkins and Cam Whitmore is there as well, but if somehow we we finish this draft without Grady Dick or Jordan Hawkins, like I think I'm gonna be upset. Gotta have Dick. That's gonna do it for this episode for Luke Sylvia. This has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to the Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.